This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. I am your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist of Mississippi Today. Hailing from Laurel, my next guest has risen to online viral fame discussing topics like, what is lollygagging? The difference between naked and naked, and exactly what is a come-to-Jesus meeting. Landon Bryan, a.k.a. Landon Talks, has delighted audiences with his glossary-style invitation to Southern colloquialisms and captivated students at Laurel Magnet School of the Arts as a visual arts instructor and Mississippi Arts Educator of the Year. He is here to discuss the latter in addition to his work as the Mississippi Utes Arts Coordinator, his Let's Discuss breakout session at this year's State's Arts Conference, and much, much more. So anyway, uh, Landon, just let, let you know, I'm a huge fan just for uh, the fact that I can sit there and listen to you talk for probably an hour, and I guess we'll be doing that today. Man, it's good to meet you. It's nice to meet you. I'm excited to be here. It's such an honor. It's wild to come off of the screen, talk into a glass box, and there be an actual person there. I know. (laughs) I could imagine. I can imagine. So, um, gosh, I bet say congratulations on all the success. Man, you got folks that, I mean, from all around the country now, big famous people that love you and everything else. That's that's just got to blow your mind a little bit. It does. I'm trying to get to where I don't have a full on heart attack every time I see somebody's <laughs> name pop up and like say be just be a regular person when yeah. I respond to them. And I'm getting better at that at that. But it is just really something every time I open my phone, I feel like I've, this is completely nuts. Like I'm just a completely nuts situation. But I'm really glad. I think I think it speaks to how our culture is so interesting and unique and there's so much to talk about about it. Man, I tell you what, uh, my wife and I, we moved, we're both from Atlanta originally. We've lived here forever. And, uh, but we lived in San Diego, California for a couple of years and we would literally get invited to parties just to speak Southern. And it's like, yeah, I I mean, it's not like I have the most Southern accent in the world, but you know, they were like, Oh dude, you sound just like Bill Clinton, dude. And I'm like, no, I don't. But they're like, we have free shrimp. And I would be like, I'm sorry, Hillary, I lied. You know, you'd, but I mean, <laughs> if you say things like kutsu out in California, oh, man, you you can open any door. People love that. So, yeah, I can see why you're, you're taking off because people just love us. Well, and that started it. I didn't even start the account as like a Southern situation. And on, to be honest, I never considered my, I mean, obviously I'm from South Mississippi, I'm Southern, but I never thought that was like a huge identifying factor of myself. Right. And I didn't even know I had an accent really like compared to some people. If you go a little bit further into the country, there's, there's more intense accents. But um, I told the story of Walmart high school, how, and when I was in eighth grade, our school got blown down by a tornado and we had to go to Walmart high school. And it, the story was not focused around the South, but I said phrases like fixing to and all that stuff. And pe- the comments just blew up about like, what did you say? What do you mean? Like all this stuff. And I was like, well, well hold on. I guess we have to explain some things. That's right. And then it grew from there. And here we are. And every day I'm surprised by something that somebody needs explaining or that something that's unique to us that I did not know was just us. I thought it was all y'all. Yeah. Number one, the fact that you had your high school blown down by a tornado is about as Southern as you're going to get. And that also. (laughs) And then we went to Walmart and it was just cubicles. So we didn't have ceilings. It was one giant room. It was really very exciting. It was honestly the best time. Not much learning. 
great time. Yeah, but they would put you in a Walmart. It's like scared straight. Mm-hmm. It was nice. That's right. You're we just, never will forget it. You will spend eternity in this school, in Walmart school, if you don't do do well. Yeah, it's great on that. Man, and on the arts, on the arts side of things too. And I think that's probably a good place to start. Although, just to back up for a half second, isn't it amazing how sometimes when you don't plan something, that's how you end up becoming really successful. Well, I think it speaks to, and this is with art and any type of art, I right. think it speaks to genuineness, especially in today's world. Yes. Younger generations and people, all of us are catching on to, we want authenticity. We want what is genuine. We want what is real. We don't want to see something put on. We're tired of that. People are tired of Photoshop and tired of all the things. And we want to see real people saying real things. And I think that when you are true to yourself about stuff, that's when the best stuff comes out, even if you didn't realize that you that was the genuine route to go. And I think that's what relates to a lot of people. I think that is an important part of why what I'm doing is successful, is that it just came on its own and it's natural and it's not something forced and it's not something I'm making up. It just is it just is what it is, you know. Yeah, as as an artist who's trying broadcasting myself, uh, the fact you are very good at it, you really are. I mean, it, it's very crisp, it's very conversational, but you're very inviting too. And just the way you invite people to comment on the comment section at the very end has been really successful. That is the key. That's the key right there. And it, honestly, if I was going to invite you to my page, sure, I'm there and I talk way too much. But the the beauty of that page is the comment section we have collected the best people on the internet and i think what i've noticed over time period is the internet can be such a mean place it can be such a mean place and it has been over the past few years but we've created this space that people have wanted apparently or because they're there in droves where you can we can argue about stuff but it's mayonnaise and we're being respectful (laughs) (laughs) now mayonnaise is a really quick way to get a war started That is a quick way. I know anytime I mention, I don't even have to what's say your favorite kind? What's, what's your favorite kind? I can't get into it. See, I, see there you go. You're, do it. Don't don't be wimping out at me 12 minutes into the show now. Come on. <laughs> well, y'all are going to find out soon enough. But there was some, okay. There's some contracts involved with the mayonnaise because they came out. All, all the mayonnaises came out to play and we had to negotiate with them. But oh, mayonnaise wow. is a, sure, a surefire way to get some conversation. You don't even have to say mayonnaise. You just say something like deviled eggs or just a turkey sandwich, and then the mayonnaise people will show up. They will show up. And and this is my finest comp. <laughs> Sorry, Jermaine's in there just died laughing. You're right, though, about the mayonnaise. Oh, if I said the word Dukes right now, literally every phone line would line up. No. Lord, it would just blow up. Oh, no. And the Dukes people are ferocious. They come out. Oh, they Dukes are. Dukes Hellman's, Dukes Hellman's and Blue Plate, occasionally craft. they will be there. So you do get ferocious. some craft people. Occasionally, Kraft Occasionally, is the yeah. lowest, I would say. I would say it's Dukes, probably Hellman's, then Blue Plate, then Kraft. Yeah, if you, if you diss Dukes, you might as well just be like talk, calling people's mama's names. Don't do that. No. Don't say negative things about Dukes. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do that on the show because we would never, never, never try to get ratings like that. That's just not what we're no. going to do. No, I'm above that. I got to tell you, and this is my highest compliment to you and what you've done with this. And, I mean, I literally, you know, you know how viral I – mean, See, I, TikTok I'm afraid of a little bit just because I'm so addicted to this stupid phone thing right now, as is anyway. But, I mean, you, I can get lost in reels or in TikToks or anything else, and literally an hour has passed. And yours are almost calming in a way, but when I hear you talking about Southern things, it's like it takes me back to my grandma's house, which are some of my best memories well, as a kid, you know. 
That is the that is the highest compliment you can give me because honestly, what this all thing has turned into, and I can't say that I started out being like this is what it's going to be. It's definitely evolved over time, and I've grown with it, and it's grown with me. But it's turned into just a love letter to my great grandmother, and to my grandmother, and to my grandparents, and to the people who aren't here anymore. And it's it's really about a long time ago, but then it's things we still talk about today. But it comes from like growing up sitting in the dirt while they're picking the corn in the field or growing up at the beauty shop listening to them at the beauty shop that whole thing that's who it's to it's it's about those ladies and and i really love to be able to honor them that way my my both my grandmothers particularly one of them used to go to the beauty shop every single week and my grandfather was like he was so he was like the cheapest man in the world he'd come and turn the heat off because he wasn't gonna pay tva you know, for the heat, you know, that was his quote. <laughs> and, and, and so my other cousin turned into a huge career making people save money and stuff off of my grandfather. But, um, but still, you know, to me, it just always blew my mind. My grandmother would actually go to the hairdresser once a week. Mm-hmm. You got to get your hair set. You got to get week, set. Yeah. But it's, but it's also when you find out what's going on, all the goings on. Exactly. <laughs> See, you realize it's not really anything to do with the hair. It was about basically, that was before the internet, so they were keeping up with things. That was Facebook. And I'll tell you, my grandparents, my grandmothers, my dad's mom and my mom's mom pulled an expert Southern lady move. And I hate to, I hate to share it because it's going to ruin a lot of y'all. It's going to mess up a lot of y'all. But they messed they scheduled their beauty shop at the same time at the same week so they could verify the information from both sides of the family and make sure everything was lining up and nobody they were never out of the loop they knew what was going on from both sides <laughs> that's devious i know that's really smart i thought it was very clever we weren't getting away with anything <laughs> and just by, by the way jermaine jump in for a half second because you're going to die throughout this show she's in there laughing about falling out of the chair are you I, okay in there i am so you know i am just the biggest fan of landon and <laughs> I literally sit at the house on Instagram and do this very yeah. same thing as he talks. And it's just, he's so captivating. Landon, I love you. I'm your biggest fan. I'm like, I can have a sign up and that says Jermaine loves Landon. <laughs> she does. She's in there. So yeah, nice. She's fangirling in there big time. So just to let- <laughs> That is so nice. It's so hard for me to believe because again, it's just me in this box. So it's not real world. Let me tell world. you, I, well, I'll go ahead and tell you the video you had me on, which was the first video I ever watched was Let's Discuss Faux fall and I was yeah. like yeah let's discuss faux fall you know because it's not quite fall yet and faux <laughs> it, fall. no yeah you just really touched me so everything you do and say <laughs> is just is just the the creme de la creme to me so thanks Landon <laughs> I was surprised by that one I didn't realize that we were all longing for fall so much y'all we just want it to be fall well today fall. Landon <laughs> it, really... it actually feels like it today so I know it no, looks it, like it, it yeah outside. it feels it like feels yeah like well it feels like it feels like summer in like New England right now but but I mean, for here, it's like anytime it gets below 95, we're like, Woo-hoo! and, you know, the leaves are falling, but that's just because it hadn't rained in four months. Right, you know? So I'm right. pin and pin was the one I loved because I struggle with that. Uh, my, my parents are from East Tennessee. So I, you know, my dad would say things like Washington and, you know, washcloth. Mm-hmm. And I thought wash had an R in it and everything, but pin and pin, I have never, you know, it's like I, I pick up a pen to draw. And they're like, well, is that like with an I or an E? You know, th- so I thought that was one of my favorites. And family vacation, too. I thought that was good. And we have so many of those things like pen and pen that we just say it that way. And it's That's just right. is. It's not, not it certainly wouldn't be pronounced that way phonetically. So teachers have a hard time with that, I'm sure. But it just is. <laughs> Well, and also you say mash when you mash a button, I push a button, you know, but I love mash. That, that's great. I'm, I'm going to flip over to mash. 
well, and like I've never thought about not saying mash the button. I don't it, when I see these things and say these things, it just blows my mind. I didn't know we weren't cutting the light on or yeah. mashing the button everywhere. I thought we were all mashing buttons and cutting lights on and cranking cars. You know, well, you, but you it's just us. Yeah, I mean, you don't even point. And it's not only that you point it out, but you also go in depth. Like you've done your your homework on it, where this stuff may have come from. And I like that. Cut, I was just saying on cutting on a light, you know. And I'm thinking about those science experiments where you had to close a circuit or something like that. I guess that's where that came from but how do you how do you do your homework on that and do your research Landon I want to discuss too naked as a jaybird but yeah answer that question mm-hmm. that Marshall just said no no don't do naked first because obviously <laughs> well, that's a, I mean I don't want her to sit there and wonder <laughs> okay well naked as a jaybird happened because so I live in a beautiful area in Laurel and there's woods that I'm surrounded by woods the woods like want to engulf us all the time in Mississippi and I like that I like that we have that relationship with the woods where instead of being scared of them like they're like a safe place for us in Mississippi I feel like sometimes anyways. So I'm like obsessed with the birds and there's a chipmunk on my deck right now that I will get distracted by the whole time. I just love the animals. But the but the bluebirds are mean. The blue jays are mean, not bluebirds. Blue jays yeah. are the meanest ones out here and they cause a ruckus all the time. They're always getting into stuff. And so I, you notice the blue jays. And in September for a week, they it suddenly looked like all the blue jays were diseased. And I was like... <laughs> What has happened to the blue jays? And then I learned, I had to look it up. Blue jays molt once or twice a year, and their heads molt, and they look naked and naked as a jaybird. And I was like, my <laughs> lord, I've heard naked as a jaybird yeah. my whole life, and not once associated with an actual jaybird. And here it is. And then people were like, no, it has to do with the jailbird. But then I found an article that was before the jailbird comment. It was from like. 1890 and it was talking about a jaybird like the blue the blue jaybird so naked as a jaybird those blue jays will get naked and maybe that's why they're ugly sometimes they get to being ugly because they don't feel good about themselves stop it landon (laughs) (laughs) they're embarrassed so they have a bad attitude (laughs) well i mean they'd probably be having fun i mean that of course that's the difference between naked and naked right Exactly. The naked part, they're having fun. Yeah. There's intentions. If you're naked, you're appropriate. You're in a bathtub. You're supposed to be. If you're naked, you are not in the bathtub, and you might be up to something. And if you're naked as a jaybird, that you might be running through the house or something as a child. Up to yeah, up to completely no good whatsoever. I am just. I'm gonna get off the mic. It'll be nothing but me just tickled at land. See that once again, the guest is always the expert. I mean, I had never heard that before. I mean, it's like I thought. I thought I knew most of these. You know, I mean, some of them make sense. Like full is a tick. There you go. I, I kind of get, get that one. Yeah, I get that one. Hit dog hollers. Um, I know that's not PETA friendly, but that one. You know, when when you're an editorial cartoonist and you do a cartoon that really makes a, a leader mad, and then they start whining about it on Twitter, you know, that's first thing that comes to my head is hit dog hollers. That seems to work. But yes, it does. Yeah, but but man, what a cruel! That's kind of a cruel one there. Uh, if the I know, cr- and I try really hard to stay away. Like, okay, if there's a. I think it's nice to invite some sort of controversy, like controversy between mayonnaise that that drives up the comments and the engagement. That's right. I try to stay away from like controversy, controversy, just to keep it a place where everybody's having a good time. But there are lots of things that, that I have to be careful about, like a hit dog holler or like picking a switch. We don't necessarily want to talk about picking a switch yeah. on the Instagram, but it, you know. Well, we don't want to get any trauma, launch any trauma on that too. Right. Cause I mean, everybody probably, see, I like, I was like about 30 years old before I realized bolo paddles, the thing with the ball and the rubber band, actually had a ball and a rubber band. 
I just thought they were weapons, <laughs> you know? So I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Cause you know, my, my, my parents and grandparents, they, they, they went out of their way. They didn't do switches. They just went ahead and did big pieces of wood. I'm going to throw some out at you. Um, something, just get your thoughts on, obviously bless your heart. That's like the ultimate insult. You know, if, if you hear that from your grandma, you know that pretty much that's a nuclear weapon, right? Just so nuanced. And honestly, bless your heart, I think, is one thing that kind of blew it up because Jennifer Garner shared it. And she has a huge following from Houston because she's from there. Yeah. And then Houston I blew up in Houston and then they started sharing it. So I kind of owe a lot of my career to her and Chrissy Teigen. Both are the two the two most famous people who shared it in the very beginning. Like they shared it in the very beginning. And I just watched it like you can watch it on a map. It like expand from after they shared it. So I'm really grateful to them, but it was Bless Your Heart and Y'all that were the two videos they shared. And Bless Your Heart, it is just so nuanced because I could be telling you you are just awful, but I could also be sincerely hoping that your heart is blessed. So yeah, how do you tell? Is it, is it tone? Is that how you can tell if somebody's being sincere it's on tone, that? It's tone. And you know what? It's context culture. We live in the biggest context culture. You got to find out what are, what's going on around you for you to be told Bless Your Heart and then put it together through that but it's tone for sure well bless your heart this is now you're talking on mpb think radio i'm your host marshall ramsey and i'm with laurel magnet school of the arts visual arts instructor and of course tiktok and reels sensation landon bryant landon thank you so much for being with us today man this has been fun uh congratulations like i said on the art side too i mean you're obviously very well renowned now as an arts educator what ages do you teach well, this is my first year out of the classroom. What? I had You're out now. Okay. I'm out of the classroom. Yes, that was my last year. Yeah. Last year, and it was a very, very difficult decision to leave because I always imagined myself doing that for the – that was what I was going to do, yeah. retire. And I love, I love teaching. I love the kids. And honestly, I owe a lot of this career to that school and to Mississippi's arts programs like Whole Schools. Yeah, Whole Schools um, is amazing. Those, those kinds of things, um, because I learned to practice creativity through that. Uh, at at Laura Maddox School of the Arts, it's much more than just, I mean, it's a public school. Anybody can go there if, if you apply for it. And it is, um, they teach academics through the arts. And that is with the art, the art teacher, the music teacher, the dance teacher, and the PE teacher. So every week, each of those are assigned to a different grade on Fridays. And we would go around and teach whatever they learned academically that week using our art so like i would do a visual art lesson based on whatever lesson they did and it would need to meet both the standards of the academic lesson and the art lesson um and that those things are not available online so you have to make them yourselves and you've got to make the connections yourselves and so i learned to practice creativity because it was a weekly practice with new standards each week all the way from four-year-olds all the way through sixth graders so and that's a lot of standards to cover and a lot of ground to cover and a lot of things to learn so I really got good at practicing creativity and the people that I worked with were creative The people. Yeah. The whole environment is so creative and it's it's like this bubble that we lived in. I don't even think like if you work there, you probably don't even realize how intensely creative it is of a space. Um, and it was just a wonderful experience. I was pretty devastated to have to leave the classroom, but I just have so many projects coming up. And I think those kids deserve the best no matter what. And right. I was a little too distracted to be able to give them my best in the next little bit, I knew I was going to have some things coming up that involved a lot of travel and a lot of time away from school. And they just deserve the very best. So we got somebody great in there. My, my kid goes there still. So I'm still involved as a parent. I get to be dad. Um, but the arts are so important to me. I know I get to be dad at school and it's so weird. But the arts are so important to me and it's something I definitely want to continue to be a part of. I want to be continue to be part of the MAEA. Um, they were so crucial in elevating me 
to what I was as an art teacher and the museums that we have here in the town. I just want to keep those relationships going. And now I'm looking at it as a way, instead of just being an advocate for just those kids at the one school, now maybe we can expand it and help more kids at other schools. I'm trying to find ways to do that. So the arts are so important to me. I think it's like what has created me. And you don't know this, but at your at whole schools, I came to your session one time and I used your lesson <laughs> as an academic lesson in um in school like three years in a row. It was the lesson that you did where you, you would draw like a line on the board, yeah, and then add stuff to it like that. So we, I this sounds this is a hard concept to get behind, but asking and answering questions is a concept in first grade and second and grade and kindergarten. Like that's a standard learning to ask and answer questions. So I would ask the question with a, a scribble. Oops, I scribbled on your paper. What's the answer? And they would have to answer it by drawing something together. So it met the standards. And that was just a small example of like those art integrated lessons. And that came from you. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've always I learned that. Believe it or not, I, I was dating somebody and we used to do a game and she would have to she would do a squiggle and see if she could stump me and see if I couldn't draw something out of it. And for me, you know, and my wife's a can she teaches K through two art uh, here in the state as well. And and they were a whole art school. At, you know, I think I don't know if they are right now, but she does the whole arts program as well. And for folks in the around the state that don't understand, that is such a brilliant way to teach, because as kids, I mean, and, and, you know, I've been talking to college students the last week, and I'm going over actually to University of Alabama, Birmingham tonight to go speak over there. A little bit out of my range, but I'm still going to do that. Because now with the way things are changing, that, that even if you're going to be an engineer or you're going to be a lawyer or whatever, you have to be very creative because the world's changed. I mean, it just require cre- that creativity. And I think the way that whole arts teaches kids really does help them be able to use both hemispheres of their brain to be able to get through a problem. Well, it's a whole thing. I mean, I can teach you two plus two is four, but if we can also draw it and also sing it and also dance it, then there's so many pathways that are being activated, so many more ways of learning it. It's so much more impactful. And there's data. I mean, Whole Schools has the data to show that it does work so well. But also for people like me, I, um, that appeals to me. I've, I have ADHD and I've had it for my whole life. It's really impacted most everything I've done and <laughs> who I am. And that type of learning is exactly what I need to be able to be engaged and involved in what we're doing. Just a regular worksheet's not going to cut it That's for right. me paying attention and retaining the information. So I think it's just a beautiful way, a beautiful scientifically proven way to make kids better at the academics and the scores in the school are going to go up. But also for them, they're going to want to be there more. They're, they're going to want right. to be there. They're going to want to enjoy it. And I think it's just a beautiful way for us to encourage the kids in Mississippi. Because what do we have here at Mississippi? We have so much. We have nature. But we have art here. Like, that's the thing we have. Folk art is on our mailboxes, even. And there's a quilt in, in your living room right now. I'm sure that your grandma made somewhere. Somebody's got a quilt. All that is folk art. And that a lot of people don't even realize that they are artists in that manner and they are artists with their crocheted blankets and they're artists with putting license plates on the sides of a barn that you know that whole thing we have that art is a rich culture here and i think that it's good for us to emphasize it because it's something that we do very well even if it's not fine art necessarily all the ways that you see and we do have very fine art but art is in everybody's home in mississippi and it's something that we relate to whether we realize it or not i've been so glad to see murals take off I, I just love to drive through. I mean, Hattiesburg, for instance, is just absolutely, you go around town and they just have some of the most gorgeous murals popped up all around. They've really made an effort and it's just fantastic. 
And what a great way to improve the scene. It made ups the, the value of the property and it makes people want to physically be there. And I That's think right. that Laurel has done the same thing and it's really great. You can go on a mural tour even. Yes. Get your picture made. Speaking of Laurel, <laughs> I mean, you know, and I got here in 96 and I remember going down and I mean, I always loved Laurel because I remember the houses, the old houses near the museum, Lauren Rogers Museum, which by the way, is one of the most amazing museums in the country. It, uh, it's, it's something else. It's fantastic. And, and I always knew the houses were nice and everything downtown was a little bit deserted and so forth. And then Katrina hit and man just absolutely because it tore down half the pine trees and the ones that survived got beetles and and it was that was a tough time but man the renaissance since then has been incredible and you're right there epicenter you're based in laurel i mean what a great place to be and we've got to watch it since we were kids and when we were kids it was just the the downtown was something that we were like this could be cute oh it could be so cute and then in teenagers we would like walk around it like it was this abandoned like wasteland and like go into build, explore the buildings and be like oh this could be such a great place and then as adults people started considering like let's do something about it and then laurel main street got involved and then hgtv showed up and yeah. laurel main street made great decisions involving with that and excuse me and um it just blew up from then and my wife and i lived downtown actually for a while above one of the restaurants and it was just us that restaurant and a coffee shop and everything else was just kind of like a mess and now there's not a single like empty storefront downtown they're all beautiful they're all remade there's so much pride in the town not just for the visitors that come but from the people that live here this is what we wanted it to be always and what people who have a longer term memory remember the town being so it's just beautiful it's so great the other night we went to a wine down downtown in laurel where you can walk around and like get a, gla- a cup of wine and they fill it up at all the different places. And whether you do that or not, the stores are open really late and it's just a precious evening. Like, and they have the lights strung up all, all over. It's just very cute. It's just the cutest little place. You can have a very aesthetic evening. Like, like we went and got, we got a candle and some laundry detergent from one of the cute little stores. <laughs> and it was just excellent. It's an excellent evening. I, I love the fact that I literally will get messages on Facebook from my friends that live in Georgia or wherever, you know, I used to live and they're like, we, we want to come to Laurel. Is there anything that you can you can point us to or what? I mean, they get excited like, you know, Laurel. It's Laurel. It's like this is so cool. The, the fact that, you know, people from all around the country think they're coming to, you know, Hollywood. Exactly. And you to, you would be like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have anything for you to do. Well, you Chick-fil-A is nice. And, yeah. Catch a movie and, Chick- and then go to Chick-fil-A. I don't know. But but now there are things and it's I think it's focusing on the artistic side of stuff. That's right. And that aesthetic side of things that has allowed us to do that, that in the scene and, and being part of the part of the moment. We're going to jump back into talking Southern here in a half a second. But I will say this. And, and I think, you know, you get it. And I, you get it, obviously. And I think that what you're promoting and teaching with your day job is really important because somebody asked me the other day, are you scared about A.I.? And and I said, well, quit being ugly, you know, I mean, because it's like I had to throw a Southernism out there. But I was like, no, I'm not. Because, I mean, if you know, granted, AI is what it is. And I mean, as an illustrator on my side and you're you know, you're an artist, too. I mean, at the end of the day, you can tell when stuff's AI. I mean, when you see it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's well, I just view it. I view it as like another tool. tool humans advance and every time we advance this panic of like ah, it's gonna ruin everything happens like when pe- when books came about people were like quit reading those books you know that whole situation and then right then we got cal- then calculators people were like it's gonna ruin kids forever not using calculator ai is just another tool that i think as educators it's our um responsibility to learn how to incorporate that into our current situations and sure like 
maybe kids are going to use AI to write <laughs> write essays, but that's where we have to figure out, like, so what should we teach them? Should we teach them how to write essays in a world without AI? Or should we teach them how to write essays in a world with AI and how to use that tool appropriately? And I think that's where we have to start thinking is, like, it's just a new tool. It's just a new thing. I, I, obviously, it could be a threat if it really goes just totally wild, but I view it more as, like, an advantage and in a way that we can kind of get rid of some of the busy work and just make even better artwork with it. I think it's like a tool to you to use. Yeah. I'm said, sorry. I just laughed. I was like, yeah, it couldn't do anything but help my artwork. So actually probably, <laughs> would, probably wouldn't be a bad thing. I literally drew a cartoon right before I went on the air. So yeah, not probably my best one on there. AI would have been helpful on that. You mentioned you've got some new things coming up. Uh, what can you share that you're doing and what what's coming up that you can't share that you're going to tell us anyway? Well, we've got some productions of the work that are still, we're still working those out as far as like what we can talk about. But I do, I have signed finally with um, Hachette with Running Press um, Publishing Company. And we've yeah. got a book coming out. It'll be out early in 2025. I was going to ask you, when are you going to do the book? So that's great. Well, the, finally, 2025, it should come out. Um, the process of getting the book going is it's just long and arduous. But I've been, it's just been wild about that whole situation. I was approached by, a bunch of publishers, all, all four top publishing houses before I even got a literary agent. And then I have to give so much thanks to Aaron Napier because when I was getting approached by these, I don't know what's good and what's That's not true. good and what a deal is and how to negotiate. Um, so I went to her and was like, hey, listen, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm not sure what to do. And she's been a great friend for so long. And she's just such a great person. Isn't so she though? I she's, yeah, she's re- I mean, just amazing. Oh, yeah. just exactly what you see. She's that. Um, and she always has been, and she's always been such an artist. So she was so kind and she got me in touch with all exactly the right people. She got me a literary agent. That's her literary agent. So I got to kind of skip through the fluff of, is this scammy? Is this a scam? all that yeah, kind of stuff? That's huge. Great to, it is huge. I mean, I think no, that's really is. the biggest, yeah. the biggest thing. Um, so she got me that literary agent and with her, we negotiated down to the right, the right deal. And I didn't even take the highest, <laughs> I didn't take the highest bid, I took one that was a little bit, a little bit less, not much less, but it, but it came with the, not even for sure. It came with the possibility of Dolly Parton being. Okay. There you go. Cause I, and I I was like done. I I agree. somebody, Somebody once asked me who would be the number one person you'd want to sit down and have a conversation with. And to be Dolly Parton. It's always Dolly. Mm-hmm. In fact, if the world, it's Dolly. yeah, if the world had Dolly. more Dolly Partons, we'd be in a much happier place. She's the one. She's the one. That's it right there. And honestly, out of all the people that I've met, like Justin Timberlake follows me. And I, I, I had a full on existential crisis because I didn't know for two weeks that he followed me. And then I saw that and I was just like, oh, just just stunned. But I had to come to the conclusion of either I care that Justin Timberlake is watching what I'm doing and I have to stop doing this <laughs> or I don't care and we're just going to do it anyways. And that that's where we are. And again, I think that comes with being genuine. But I made a list of people and I've like knocked all of them out of people that I like wanted to speak to. And last week, Pat Atchell from Southern Charm, I just think she's like such a grand lady. And she messaged me and I just was like, well, there's only one left. It's just Dolly. It's just Dolly left. And I'm headed to retirement. So I don't know. See now. And Sam (laughs) Haskell, who's from Mississippi, knows Dolly really well. So this may we may just make this happen. We really might. cannot. I think I'll be such a weirdo if I ever do get to meet her. I think I'll be just stunned. I, like my son, we went to, we were in Disney last week. We've been planning this trip long before all this happened. Been paying for it for like years. You know, you, when you're a teacher, you know how you do Disney World for years. And he got next to a stormtrooper and just froze completely and was just yeah. like, 
jaw dropped, and that's going to be me with Dolly Parton. But we'll see. We'll take it as it comes. We'll take it as it comes. I was that way. Mark Hamill liked one of my tweets one time. Yeah. I was just like, and I screenshotted it, and I and I took the rest <laughs> of the day off because there was nothing I could do for the rest of the day. It'd be any better what than that. What else can you do with Mark Hamill himself? Like, I know that's, it. That's not, and that's every day when I show up, and I can't even – um, see a lot of the messages like the notifications really are out of control on my yeah. phone it just is it's more about like if i open it at the right time and see it and then i can filter it by verified but even those disappear um so i honestly don't even know who i was watching it but i'm i just like i said i just had to decide like either i care a whole lot and this is just embarrassing and i'm gonna have to stop or i don't care and i'm just gonna do it no matter what and that's that's where we are <laughs> that's where i am i know i Ben and Aaron uh, mentioned me on one of their shows and suddenly, you know, I get like phone calls from all across the country. All these people like, you've made it, you've made it. You're, you're, you're somebody now. And I was like, that's cool. And my sister called me up and she said, I grew up with you and I never thought that this day would happen. You know, it was just, so yeah. I, I can only imagine cause you, like I said, just the names you've been naming off. I mean, if Jennifer Garner, I mean, come on, that's cool. I mean, that really is. And I was driving when that popped up. No way. Did you run off the road? I had to pull over to the gas station and I was like, yeah. hold on. Did you get some fried chicken? No, because that's what <laughs> Just need a moment. <laughs> Just need a moment to sit here and like take this in. The the too big for your britches, the you know, because I, I guess that has to do with ego more than it does with your actual britches. But I was just thinking the gas station here. I was thinking because I was on the road last weekend and I stopped at several of, you know, convenience stores and they got the best food. I mean, we are so oh, blessed yeah. here in Mississippi to have that. You can go right down the street and get a good fried, good piece of fried chicken. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Your wife helped you on on this too. So y'all are a team. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are very much a team, and that's the most truth. And it, my, you see my face in front of the screen, but without her doing this, it would not be happening. She has a degree in broadcast journalism, but she also has her specialist in education. So even in education, I was under following her guide, following her lead. She helped me make the lessons. She helped me. She's just brilliant at pulling curriculum and instruction together. That's like her gift. Um, and this <laughs> curriculum, it turns out an instruction. So, so I, she's just such a blessing as far as helping all that out. She, watching her get her broadcast journalism degree gave me a tiny, the tiniest glimpse into production of things. And so I feel like with her background, it's helped me end up making these things. Yeah. But definitely she's like the sounding board. She's the person who helps me come up with the topics. I usually am just so difficult and disagree. She'll list like 12 things and I'll be like, no, I'm going to do this instead. But without <laughs> her listing the 12 things, I wouldn't come up with what I came up with. You know, so she's very crucial to what we're doing. She edits most of the videos. She runs the YouTube. It's it's a it's a definitely an equal partnership. I just have to actually talk in front of the computer, which is just so wild because she was Miss University of Southern Mississippi. She was on American Idol she's like the star of the situation yeah um so it's not supposed to be me right, right. here but but here we are <laughs> and i'm really grateful to be in the situation and i'm glad so glad that she, if she wasn't doing it with me it wouldn't it wouldn't happen because i just like would never it, i would never get it done so everybody's thank you to kate, thank you to kate for this whole situation well it sounds like it sounds like your 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 child's going to be like really talented like there's no hope i mean well i think he's pretty talented he was michael and mary poppins this year he was in matilda the year before oh nice doing performing art too that's cool oh yeah yeah yeah. he's an artist he's a whole situation and and that's the other thing in like eighth grade my wife at walmart high school we started singing (laughs) we started singing in weddings together like as as friends as wedding singers and that's what we're kind of like known for around laurel is singers 
And that's not even what we're doing now. So it's just a, Laurel's full of talent and it encourages talent and it, the theater there encourages things like that. And we're very blessed to have been part of that growing up there with the museum, the theater, all the things. It's just an arts culture and it turns you into whatever this is that we have turned into. Um, and we get to reach a lot of people because of all the things that we've done. But it's strange because most of the people that follow me don't even know that we sing or don't even know that that's what it was. And if you were from Laurel, that's what you would think about us probably. I'm starting to think it's a drinking water in Laurel. I really am. Cause I mean, <laughs> cause I mean, what Aaron was writing a blog and then it got noticed by HGTV and then the rest is history. You're, you know, but I think, I think the lesson that any artist or any creative person needs to realize is that just keep trying new things. Cause you never know what's going to end yeah. up at the end of the day sticking and you know because if you're afraid to try new things you're never going to find that thing exactly you can't be afraid to try it and you've got to be genuine while you're trying it that's the main the main thing try and be genuine and being genuine genuine see i can't even say the word so there you go i'm gonna have to work (laughs) on it as well this is now you're talking on mpb think radio i'm your host marshall ramsey and i'm back with Mississippi Arts Educator of the Year, a visual arts instructor, and uh, viral sensation Landon Bryant. Landon, man, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've got to make sure I get your information from Jermaine so we can keep up. Because, I'm, like I said, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing, too, and I just can't – I want to make sure I get a signed copy of your book when that comes out. For sure. <laughs> I'm so thrilled for you. That's fantastic. Because I, I, I know, you know, Aaron and Adam trusted the children's book for them, and that was really good. So, I mean, you're you're working with good people with, the, with that agent, and – you know, I mean, a book these days has to be an event, and I think this one's going to truly be an event. Definitely, and I'm still in Adam for my illustrations because he's. I grew up with Adam. We went to school together, and I think he's just so great. I think he like it really embodies like a Southern artist as well as as far as like for yeah. a book illustration goes. And I think he's going to it's going to be really a really great team. So I'm excited about that. But it's people like them that have influenced me. And and here's another thing that Mississippi has done that I don't even know if they realize it, but a lot of people from Laurel, a lot of people my age ended up in architecture school at Mississippi State University. <laughs> like, none of us graduated <laughs> from it. We all did other stuff. But they're all here still doing very creative things. Like, on one street in downtown, there's, like, three or four shops that are owned by people that went to that architecture school. And, like, Adam went there. It's a whole thing. It's, it's just creativity, practicing creativity and, like, arts-based education, even if you don't end up being an actual architect. It's just so important at all levels, and I think it speaks to – I think it hit Laurel really hard, at least, as it, far as people might. Oh, definitely, and I, and I can tell you this just from – you know, and I moved here. I was thinking, I thought I was going to be here two years. You know, I moved here in 96. I figured you – because know, that's the way the newspaper business used to be as a cartoonist. You know, you started a medium-sized paper, and you work your way up to a bigger paper, and you make more money and so forth. Well, that obviously exploded or imploded, I guess, would be the thing. The thing, though, it, people always say, are you a Mississippian by birth? And it's, nah, but I am one by choice. And and the big reason is, is because our arts community. I mean, you mm-hmm. literally, and it's, and it's just even getting to talk to you has inspired me, you know, just the things that you're doing. And I was like, man, that's really awesome. And the fact that everybody is so open and so approachable here as artists and as musicians and as writers and the fact that, like you said, you know, Ben and Aaron and Adam, who I met Adam, he came to my wife's school for their big arts event and and so forth. And and, and I don't know how your house looks, but I don't have much of my stuff up because I really don't want to see it. But I have all my friends stuff up and two. Yeah. And two pieces I've got and and that I absolutely love are two prints from by Adam. There's you, you come in. So they one's of a deer and one's of a blue heron, which are two things we have in our yard a lot so it was it just is so meaningful to have a wall of art in mississippi and know the artist 
It really is. And I just think of like Ellen Langford and all the people. Oh, Ellen's amazing. Like, yeah. Like all the people that I want to have on my walls and stuff is people from Mississippi. I, it's, it's that artwork. And I think it's, it also, when you're from here, you understand like what it takes to be a person who can make art in Mississippi and that it's a beautiful thing. So it's just, there's a big appreciation for it and, and all aspects of it. We've got photographers, we've got, illustrators and just painters and all. my wife is my, is casually a portrait artist like just the best <laughs> okay is there anything like, y'all can't do <laughs> i mean so you I, sing and you do that i mean well i can't be on time usually i was on okay. time for this but that's the one thing so. well that <laughs> is the, that is the hard part about art though is, is now it used to be i mean if you're an artist and you're doing what you're doing you have to do the business side also and the business side is sometimes that's hard it's just a different part of the brain and so forth and i take it y'all are smart enough to know that you you know good people that can or you may you probably are capable of doing that too because like i said i hadn't found anything you can't do yet well i have been managing all of it myself and managing negotiations and managing like setting up the stuff has been very difficult that's hard I, again adhd no. yeah i also am southern so negotiating with people about about money is very uncomfortable yeah. and i did not believe anybody at first when they told me the prices i should be charging so i would like cut it way down and i have to say thank you to bush's baked beans because so i'm, I'm again i met i know it's weird i met with aaron's manager her manager that sets prices of things. And he told me how much I was a set of price. And I was like, uh-huh, that's cute. And cut it down by like a third. I was like, there's no way. Cause I'm again, I'm a public school teacher. Like those numbers, that's not anything I'm used to or believe. Um, and Bushes came back when I, when I sent them the number I cut down and we're like, that's pretty egregiously low. We've never done anything that low and came back with me to me with the number that Aaron's manager had used. Oh wow! So I was like, okay, so this is something. So, but thankfully I've signed finally with the wonderful agent. Her name's Claire. Um, and she again came through Aaron through situations. So I know she was like verified that, which is the main advantage that I have is that Aaron can get, uh, Aaron has the connections to know yeah. who is legitimate. Um, and so I finally signed with her last month. So she's been, doing all that stuff for me and now i just have to be there on time at the things instead of also arguing about the money and and standing up for ourselves because it's not very southern to be like i require this fee right and it's (laughs) It's hard i mean when you're putting yourself out there personally as an artist too you know sometimes because that's your whole soul that you're putting out so sometimes it's hard to figure out what to charge well and this whatever it is that i'm doing influence or whatever you want to call it it's very individualized and it's very there's not like set there's no guide path for it so who knows what you're supposed to be doing so i'm really i'm really grateful i got to this point um without any messes and i'm really grateful now that i've got somebody on my side managing all that it's really way better so now i've just my next big task is just like understanding time zones <laughs> well then there's yeah. that too that's right I've missed so many meetings because of time zones but what i did was i just got really good at being on the spot so instead of like being prepared for stuff i just be ready at any moment because who knows when the meeting is going to be today i don't know so you need to get the clocks like the old newsrooms back in the, you know, in the 50s you know a, a wall of clocks <laughs> a wall of clocks on that i tell you what we got a few more minutes here let's go through a few more uh, southernisms and that just have a few here written down uh hissy fit um i i don't know where that came from Throwing a conniption fit. I imagine it has something to do with a cat hissing, but I have no idea where it came from. But you don't want to be the recipient of a hissy fit. It's something that I do know. You definitely don't want to be a part of that. It all comes out in a wash. That makes uh, makes sense. It all comes out in the wash. And I do agree with your your um, the R in wash. My grandmother wash, is, a, yeah. is a, wash, a washer. And you know what is interesting about that to me? If you look at maps of Appalachian culture, 
it comes almost right here down to Johns County. Like it slips down here, mm-hmm. the cultures of it. I said it, it slips right beside it. And I feel like Warsh is very Appalachian. And I feel like yeah. a lot of our stuff. Well, comes I think too, because you had, you know, Scottish folk came from the northern part of, of Great Britain and towards Scotland. They all came and did the mountains. And then they got mad in the mountains and came down to Jones County. And they're and so they they're constantly stuff with them. And they're constantly mm-hmm. mad. You yeah, know, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, because no, my people are from the from East Tennessee, so they're from the mountains. So that's where the wars came from. So that makes sense in Jones County. I grew up in Atlanta. Everything was Coke. Um, everything you, is Coke. Everything is Coke. And what's amazing is you could go to a drive-thru, order a Coke, and you really meant a Sprite or something else, and they would give you exactly what you were thinking when you said Coke. They'd be like, would you like a Coke? Sure, I'd take a Sprite. That, yeah. That's a, a normal conversation. And I made a video about that, and I didn't understand. This was a thing that we do need to clarify. Dr. Pepper isn't Coke usually. Dr. Pepper is its own thing. That's right. Coke, Coke is Coke. And people do get iffy about Pepsi being Coke, but uh, but generally carbonation, carbonated anything is a Coke. It's a Coke. Yeah. It is a Coke. Yeah, my, my wife's family is from Indiana, so the the whole Pepsi thing, you know, they they like the Pepsi and, and so forth. And so, yeah, it's it's amazing. But, yeah, down here – it, like I said, in Atlanta, that's just because uh, for obvious reasons. Let's see, preaching to the choir, that kind of makes sense too. Preaching to the choir because the choir is there before you and they're after you, so you don't need to talk to them. They already know. Yeah, that's right, and they're there anyway because they love you, and you know they're gonna they're they're already bought they're in. Yeah, they've bought the in. Choir agree. They're not the message that they don't need the message. Yeah, this this one's kind of my career right here. A rooster one day and a feather duster the next. A rooster. <laughs> I did not have heard that in a long time. That's very funny. I'm going to have to talk about that one on there. That's ridiculous. You're welcome to that one. I think that's pretty funny. I just It's such a visual one, to say the least. Um, let's see. Well, I declare. I mean, you have got Well, I declare. Well, I declare. And it can be so many things. Like, it can be literally an exclamation or, like, an exclamation like you're surprised by something. Or it can be somebody has done something that you disagree with. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole thing. Again, we are a context. It's the context culture. You know what we do in the South? We try to make connections, you know, because we, we don't have six degrees of separation. We have two, right? You know, so if you, <laughs> yes. if you know somebody's mama, you can pretty much get all the way around the state of Mississippi, for instance. Because your mama and them, and them include so many people. And we oh, know yeah. your mama and them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I'm in a cab in New York and my driver is literally been in America for six weeks. He's from Pakistan. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out who his mama is because I'm going right. to make <laughs> I'm going to make that connection. You know, we're going to be kin. I met somebody in, in Disney World last week. They recognized me and they they were like, well, I'm from Mississippi, too. And they were from DeSoto County. And I was like, OK, but so what's your last name and who's your people? <laughs> like, and I genuinely was trying to figure out who it was. And I, if we had spent some more time, I know that I would have. Oh, yeah. Who's your, yeah, who's your mom and where you go to church? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the other connector right there as well. And don't laugh. I was walking down a street in London and ran into some people I knew. I fully believe it. Like, yeah. I really believe that. I really do. Okay, we got 45 seconds. Is there anything you would like to add? Obviously, how folks can find you on – pretty easy to land in talks, but how can folks land find Land talks all over the place. Land in talks a lot on YouTube because those are a little bit longer. So land in talks, I felt very clever about that. But find me all over there. You'll see the book coming out in 2025. We've got some more projects coming out. But mostly just make art, do art, and be art and celebrate the art that we are in Mississippi because it's what we've got. Man, I tell you what, anything I can do to ever help you, let me know. I just have enjoyed this conversation, and I am a big fan. 
I have enjoyed it as well. Thank you all so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And Jermaine, of course, is like, she's just flush and happy. So you Thanks, Jermaine. <laughs> as well. All right. That was fantastic. All right. Well, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank our special guest, Landon Bryant, for joining us today. If you'd like to hear this or any past episodes, you can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or on our MP Public Media app. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio with episode and podcast produced by the incredible Jermaine Flood. And join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Y'all have a great week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 